0: hello and welcome back to access point a podcast about video game discovery this is episode number eight and we're going to be covering some news items what we've been playing this week and whatever comes up so my voice is terrible today i'm sorry uh so let me introduce stuart welcome along stuart how are you doing this morning
1: Hey, I'm okay. Good to see you. As I've, I've, well, I've said to you before, uh, we have some rain going on here at the moment where I am. And when it rains, my internet connection can be a little bit dicey here and there. So good idea we're recording locally and you won't get to hear all the digital artifact that's popping away. But no, I have no problems at all. I think, I think we're all coming down with the winter cold, which we're not allowed to call a winter cold anymore because nobody has colds anymore. And I'm not going to delve too deeply into that for various reasons. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's been an interesting week. It's been a busy week, not just in terms of uh, in real life work, but also planning for coverage for December as we ramp up to the game of the year sort of coverage. Plus also looking into 2022, I think next year is going to be an absolute stellar year. I think this year has been amazing, but looking at what's coming next and everything that's been delayed, I mean, hopefully next year we're going to get the big games coming out, you know, the new Silk Songs um tunics et al but there's plenty other fabulous looking titles i'm expecting to see so uh coverage of that will be coming to get Indie gaming soon but over to you i mean how's your how's your week been well
0: it's been lovely because i've had a week off work and um that means i've been able to do live streams and create content it's been wonderful it's amazing how work gets right in the way it does particularly when
1: you're doing shift work like we have both been doing recently (laughs) It's a nightmare. Yeah, I am work free again and I've decided to take a step back and go a lot more into Get Indie Gaming and doing this. I've had a few interesting offers here and there, which means financially things are looking up, so that's a
0: good thing. Excellent. So we've got more content to come, which is good. Definitely. Well, hopefully,
1: hopefully. But December is the best time of the year to put stuff out on YouTube anyway, since you get all the Christmas money for the AdSense. January is like a desert, but we shall we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we've both been playing lots of games this week, and especially because uh, of my live streams, I've been playing a ridiculous amount of games. So let's yeah. just cover a few of the a few of the news items before we go into the games. Let's just cover mm-hmm. a couple of the news items we had first.
1: Yeah, things we thought were interesting. Um, yeah. Firstly, I, I noticed that uh, it's on the Game Industry Biz website on the PlayStation 5 owners, and this seems to have come to a shock to some of the industry insiders and a few analysts that apparently... PlayStation 5 owners prefer boxed games to downloads. Who, Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Well, yeah. I mean, I I will naturally err towards the physical because that's I just like to have that tangible thing to hold and to, in some ways, like books in the wall, to put it up so it's there on display. Again, that's questionable. It's silly in some ways, but... And also, economically, you know, trade-in, I can still take my Death Loop, which I enjoyed up to a point, and then trade it onwards where you obviously can't for for physical downloads so i th- saw that and thought well why are people surprised
0: yeah i mean for me like i said physical is always going to win i mean that's the one the one problem i have with pc gaming is like my steam account is my library and i do miss being able to like look on my shelf and see which game i want to play next and remembering games because i just mm-hmm. get lost in the digital download and now there's so many stores I've got to think. Oh, I've got her open. Which store have I got to open? Which which game is it on? which store is it? On? I don't know. So I do really miss that about PC gaming, which is why yeah. I, I collect a lot of the console stuff, even though I don't really play consoles anymore. But I still don't. I don't trust the companies to keep my my purchases long enough for me to play them.
1: Well, this is one of the things behind Xbox Game Pass, as we mentioned the other week. I mean, you don't physically own the games; you only access as long as you're able to have that access. a game bless my eldest really enjoys uh, disappeared from game pass a few weeks ago and he couldn't quite understand the concept but i I mean i explained to him that we didn't own the game we owned access to it which he kind of got but he was then disappointed so i ended up going to buy the game anyway which is what kind of is part of the thing and what microsoft is certainly looking for people to do but i mean yeah i know what you mean about the, the pc steam library i'm Pretty much exclusively Steam, Itch and Epic from time to time when there's only games available on the Epic Game Store.
0: Yeah, uh, it goes back to, because the thing that hit me is when my, my mum used to work in Blockbuster. So she used to um, like bring home loads of like games for me to play all the time. Just the latest games she used to like, put yeah. aside for me and I'd play them and then just send them back. And there was a period of about maybe 10 years where I didn't buy a single game. Because I just had all the latest games to play, and then a couple of years after she left, I was like, I don't actually have a library. I've no. got nothing. I've got nothing to play because I don't own no anything. Physical. And that's kind of where I feel like with the Game Pass. But Game Pass, it's amazing. But now I'm starting to feel like actually I'm worried about my progression. And when it when they delete it and get rid of it off there, I'm, I can't play it anymore. I'm like, oh man. So I'm kind of already pulling away from Game Pass.
1: Yeah, and, I'm like,
0: sure I have it. Interesting. Yeah, and then uh, like for instance, we're going to talk about XO One shortly. Mm, yes, and I saw it was on the Game Pass. I was like, oh, I actually bought it on Steam because I thought, well, if I want to go back to it one day, because because again, the style of the game is, if I want to go back to it, I can't, and I'll have to start again on Steam when I buy it. I yeah, that's one
1: heck of a reference there for everybody. Uh blockbuster that's many years over people's heads <laughs> yes but this yeah, is the mid
0: 90s sorry i remember that too you'll be talking
1: about going to woolworth's next if you're you and mix I, I did i used to do that who didn't who didn't <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the game pass is great i mean we're, we're digressing from the original playstation 5 of course downloads. Yes. but i've been using it to play games i would never buy as well just picking up stuff jrpgs and that sort of things to understand why do people really, really like these sort of games, which is an element that I kind of would like to do more, more reviews of stuff that I don't necessarily gel with, but can see why people do. Yeah. And um, that Game Pass has been one of the drivers for me to keep ticking along, to keeping yeah. having it. I mean, I pay for it out of my own money. There's no sponsorship here. It's no. not gifted. Um, I think it's but- just the way
0: you think about it. Like For me, I've just changed the way I think about it. Now I think about it as, yeah, like, like you just said, I'd play games I wouldn't buy off the top of my you know any game I'm interested in I actually want to play I don't play it on Game Pass now I just go and buy it and then I play the games I have no idea about on the Game ah, Pass
1: well so, publishers would be de- loving that I would yeah.
0: say <laughs> yeah that's yeah, interesting um but I'm not surprised people are buying the actual copies of it especially with the uh some of the internet connections people have
1: yeah definitely I mean and also on that you you are by the sounds of it pretty much exclusively a PC game I think we've discussed this in the past. I am equally split amongst everything yeah. because I, it's just the way I am. I've I've got access to everything. I was really lucky to pick up PlayStation 5 and the Xbox and all at retail, but my PC that I built around this time last year is humming along next to me looking like uh, a Christmas tree. I had <laughs> I did want it to be really minimalist with very little RGB but my children got involved. So oh. <laughs> it, it's not as bling as it could be, but we have got a little bit over the top of RGB, which makes them happy and it makes me think, well, if they're happy, I'm happy. But uh, I'm, I'm seeing as well, I mean, obviously there's still the ongoing inability to pick up GPUs, which the mm. the move this week of uh, NZXT to introduce their own $800 PC with no dedicated GPU. Yeah. which I saw reported in The Verge. I think that's incredibly interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It, it solves a problem because like it's a huge problem with it, with the GPUs. I mean it's it's really dragging on now, isn't it? I mean obviously it's not their fault, but it's really starting to go a long time now that these GPUs are just not available.
1: Well, I when is that going to stop? That the mining, the, everything that's going on, can only be addressed really by the folks making the GPUs attempting maybe maybe to stop it. Uh, we spoke. at Nvidia tried or said they were going to do something to prevent mining from some of their GPUs, but I I can't see anything more than initial splash from a few months ago.
0: Yeah, like I said, well, they reckon that they're going to be Nvidia said that they're going to be introducing a new is it a LHR light hash rate set of cards, Ooh. Uh, and and all basically all they're doing is just capping their cards on the hashing ability, so it's only going to be on the newer released ones. Okay. Um, so when you buy one, it'll have an LHR rating on it, which will show that it's rubbish for mining, basically. Uh, so just to put people off buying them, which is a really cool step. I mean, I'm sure some bright spark will find a way to just enable um, that again, or unable un- yeah, whichever it, way, right? Yeah, unhash whatever it's it. It's called. But, but it might put a few people off and give people a chance to buy them.
1: I mean, again, I was I was really lucky. I was able to pick up a, a 3080 on launch day. Yeah. Um, via a Dutch website where I was still living in the Netherlands, and. Do I use it to its full capacity? Arguably not. I mean, <laughs> most of the indies, the toems of this world and the, the short hikes don't really need that. No. But it's nice to have some... I mean, it, it's I've got the backup there so I can play the A's at stupid frames per second if I so want. But it's not something I'll think about getting rid of for four or five years' time. It's just going to sit there and plod along.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still using the 1080 uh, and that still plays everything. Yeah. I mean, it's still totally fine. And what people don't realize is a lot of people upgrade their, their, their graphics card, but they don't upgrade their monitor. So they're still playing on a 1080p monitor, and it's totally pointless. So, you know, unless you upgrade your monitor as well on a lot of these things,
1: then there's, there's no
0: point in buying a 3080. Totally, or whatever.
1: totally agree with you. I, was, I picked up a new 4K monitor. It, actually, it was Black Friday last year I picked up two. Ooh. And way over the top for my needs, but I, <laughs> I'm sitting here with this huge wraparound. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's overkill, but again, it, it's kind of dare I say future proofed.
0: But yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not as big a. I should know more about the hardware than I than I do. Although for me, it's just the equipment to get what I want it to do, rather than for me going into the nitty gritty of the actual technology behind it. But yeah. Uh, the thing that scares me most actually is opening up the PC to replace the GPU and having to then go into the power supply and redo all the cables again. Because that's cable. the cabling is the one thing that I took so much pride in, yeah, in getting it all looking nice. and But nobody will ever see it. But that's yeah. all part of the, the joy of building a PC.
0: Yeah, well, you, you say joy. Let's just pretend my cable management is perfect then, because you can't Ooh. see it.
1: My cable management under this desk is awful, but the PC—no, no—that's on display. Oh, okay. People can see that, and I, I really enjoyed building the PC. I, I thought about doing a next build because at some point we're getting fiber here. I will build a streaming PC, mm-hmm. so I'll probably stream that build as well, just yeah. so people can see how frustrated I get when I drop the <laughs> when I drop one of the uh, the, well, screws the screws <laughs> into the into the board and think, well, where is it? I'll never find it again. <laughs>
0: Uh, but back to NZXT, it's funny. Yeah. I, I mean, you're so used to hearing it the American way, aren't you? NZXT. Yes. It sounds weird. But
1: NZXT uh, doesn't work.
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, but that's it's cool that they are introducing the $800 PC. Um, yeah. It's going to come with, a, a obviously, an AMD um, CPU, which has the graphics built into it, which is that's an APU. That's the word I'm looking for. That's
1: it, yeah.
0: Uh, but it's cool. I mean, it will give people a chance to play some games, and then you can just stick a graphics card in it when you get to the point of being able to buy them again. So that is pretty cool. Um, I mean, obviously, they're doing it for their own benefit, not ours, just so they can keep selling them. But it's it's still, hey, that's fine. You're you're allowed to make money. It's okay. It's one of my
1: favourite PC building streamers. I'm not going to name them. But they disappeared for the best part of a year. Uh, A really big YouTuber, done lots of stuff. His his stuff was um, really inspirational for me in building my own things. It disappeared for a year and then came back and didn't address it, but literally said, I have not done a single video in a
0: year because I had no graphics cards. So there was no point. <laughs> but, but, but saying that, like you said, you, they, you could have done builds on the APUs and show the performance. Because if you're playing a lot of indie games, especially, the APUs will be absolutely fine. You'll be able oh, to play everything. A hundred percent. So, it's you know, you shouldn't be put off by that. But um he's probably missed a trick there.
1: Yeah, I think he's doing rather well in terms of videos and view-wise. So taking a year off would be... That would be cool. And it doesn't appear to have affected the algorithm too much of which there have been tweaks of late. And I'm noticing some big YouTubers go doing the whole, yeah, the algorithm isn't liking me at the moment. So I'm going to do more sponsorships, which I can understand. And it's a good subtle way of starting to get more and more of those up and running the, uh, I was almost about to give somebody a free advert there, but I, I shall not. Stop that, Stuart. You, you know, you they, they're that. everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere, this particular <laughs> brand of uh, skills-based websites. Oh, okay. We'll <laughs> leave it there. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's been an interesting week for news-wise, and I, know, I, I even saw the Google Stadia basically being given away. Uh, you get a free Stadia gamepad thrown in if you buy the new Chromecast Ultra for only $22 in the US.
0: Wow so uh it's another on
1: the west and east coast and use it but nowhere else
0: <laughs> yes yeah, another thing google stadia it came out two years ago now it did I, I, I couldn't be less interested i just just not anywhere on my radar oh, it's like yeah. oh yeah, it's cool great
1: i played it i used it i i did a lot of work on it when it first launched for actually my real life job and i was impressed but i had a um, gig download and hundred megs upload oh, at it's home. Oh, perfect for you then. That's amazing. So it was perfect. Whereas now I'm slightly so slower than that.
0: <laughs> but hey, yeah.
1: th- things are working. And yeah. I, you know, if Google's that Stadia is your thing, you haven't got it, then go and check it out. There'll be links to all of these news items down in the the episode notes down below. But I think that covers off the news. Yeah. In terms of games, we touched upon it earlier. Let's chat about Echo One or Eco One, depending on how you want to call it.
0: I can't remember actually. It's- is xo one
1: Is it XO one it, it might well be. I, my dyslexia probably kicked in there, and I can't it read is it is X01. Properly. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it is okay. X01. Okay. Okay.
1: Apologies, everybody out there, for my uh, <laughs> text-based mistake. Now leave it in.
0: <laughs> XO one Let's talk
1: about X01. that, one. So, yeah, xo one It's been four years in the making. It comes from a single developer. Yeah. Now, I played this on PC and the Xbox via Xbox Game Pass. And like you, I actually did go and pick it up as well via a permanent uh, Steam key.
0: And I have, I've got mixed thoughts about this one. And I think you do too. I, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I picked up on, Joe, you know, I picked up on PC um, and then I realized it was on Game Pass. I didn't know. Ah, and I had, had a brief split second of, oh man, I didn't have to buy it. But then I, then I, had, then I reverted back to, oh no. But then if it disappears, then I'm mm-hmm. stuck again. So I went back through that again. So I put it on PC on Steam. So um, if, if
1: this if this is new to you, it essentially it's best thinking of this as what could be called a new generation of endless runner sort of games. It's it's in the third person. Yeah. And you play the game with physics based gameplay, and it's all about momentum, gravity, and the interactions with the world around you to help you get from place A to place B whilst navigating various things here and there that will uh, try to stop you. Although,
0: yeah, it's it's really hard to explain, isn't it? Like I said, it it is momentum. It is hard to explain, but
1: it's beautiful as well. I I keep saying this, I say stunning a lot and it's gorgeous and all this, but in terms of what this game does with its visuals and its sound, it is Mm. in a word, gorgeous.
0: Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. And, Like I said, I've said every week that for an indie game, if you've got that instant hit of, oh wow, look at that, then you're already way ahead of a lot of people because you do see it, and you you will. If you haven't seen it, I say we'll leave a link to it below in the show notes. Um, as soon as you see it, you go, wow, look at that, it looks amazing, Mm. and that's a great start. There's one
1: level. There's one level. I think we're both agreed. It's set within a water-based environment. Yeah. Where on a mega good, I mega good, fabulous mega good. I love that. there, on a fabulous PC, it looks <laughs> stunning. And I really thought how clever the developer has been with that level. And a lot of it, simply what I enjoyed as well, was diving down to the bottom of the ocean. Because yep. you can. There is an ocean floor, and you can poodle along in your little craft, uh, marble ball or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I don't know. And I enjoyed that immensely. That was so satisfying. That was one of those punch-in-the-air very clever, well done, Mr. Developer.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, when you're playing, it is it is like an experience. You kind of got to, got to get lost in the game. So if you turn all the lights off, you sit in front of your screen, probably the bigger the screen, the better as well. To yeah, really lose I, yourself I played in. it
1: on a PC monitor plus this 55-inch yeah. screen I've got behind me. And it's incredibly fast and frantic. Then it can become... Quiet and peaceful I'm not going to say It's a zen-like experience But it could be If you let it But for me I thought it played up And it played down In terms of overall emotions The science fiction based story In the background Was kind of here and there Characters seemingly Popping in and out Without too much I think it was subtle enough To be interesting Uh, You work it out yourself As in the benefits Of good sci-fi Although maybe I'd have liked A stronger story base But that's yeah. It, well, the thing
0: is, if they, I understand what they've tried to do, I mean, if if it was just the game as it was, which I expect is that that's how it started, they were just playing with the physics and they got some beautiful graphics and they and then they realised, okay, but what is the point of this? And it is very it is very enjoyable to play, very very nice to play, but I think people will expect some sort of storyline. And did they have the storyline in mind when they made the game? I don't know. I haven't spoken to the, to the developer, or have mm. they sort of not not wedged it in, but have they put it in to try and make it, feels, it a bit more full? It
1: feels underdeveloped where it could yeah. have been, but it's, again, it, again, it's just a single
0: developer. Yeah. And as a concept. Absolutely.
1: And it's the first game, I believe, of, of this chap has done. Yeah. It's, so it's
0: incredible. I really, really enjoyed it. And I lost, I think I lost a couple of hours just without even noticing one of those games where I just thought, I'm still playing this. Wow. I, but I just need to do one more level. Yeah, those eat, games are the best. One more you, level. You start, you say,
1: I'm going to, it's 10 o'clock, I'll play this for an hour or so. And you look at the watch and they said, I've joked about this before, but it's three in the morning and you've got to get up in two hours for work. Yeah. So
0: it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, absolutely grab it on the Game Pass to go and try it. mm -hmm. Um, But being as it's an indie game, I do, I do like to, if I'm enjoying it, I will try and buy it.
1: Yeah, I tend to as well. And we've always had a policy at Get Indie Gaming when we accept a key, which isn't as often as you'd think we will then go out and buy a copy of the game elsewhere yeah. just just to offset the cost of that key. Because many of these keys have a real-life cost somewhere. There's a marketing fund. There is something like yeah. that. And, I mean, a lot of people have said, you're really lucky you get all these free games. Yes, very, very lucky. Yeah. And I do like to offset that by actually buying the game as well. And as yeah. I said, I'll always buy physical if I can. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm with you. But that's, that's X01. Mm-hmm. check it out let us know what you think if you've got the same sort of feeling from it but yeah it was really good
1: yeah and it's it's interesting as well with this podcast discussing games without the visuals because on the channel it's easy to, to say here's a great game and you can see the, the trailer yeah. or here's some gameplay so yeah. it's visual and I think part of the fun of doing this podcast is creating the stories with the words which help people think okay that's interesting I'll then go and check it out we've had some feedback here and there from the website which is accesspoint.gg if you haven't seen it go and have a look you can find all of the episodes there plus also a short bio of uh, the two of you well us here at uh Get Indie Gaming and Indie GameX so yeah we're there we're on there we're there very rare public face picture of me looking slightly
0: bemused <laughs> and
1: not not as bemused as you though with you holding a Commodore 64 I do that yeah keyboard. that
0: is my original Commodore 64 from when I grew up I and mean, it's still there, it's over there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I've i got most of the consoles still up in the loft. I mean, I, I brought down the Wii, which was 15 years old, I think, this past week. Yeah. I had some good fun with that, but I got rid of all my old stuff and I wish I hadn't. But I got rid of my Commodores, my Amigas, Ooh. Mega Drives Ooh. and all that sort of stuff. Ooh, so, dear. hey, but right. I, the other week I got rid of all of my lanyards from all of... The conferences I've ever been to. I've just got one. I know. I just, they were just, my wife said, why have you kept these? What, what are they doing? Just dangling from this light shade?" I said, well, that's the point. It, it's like. They're danglers, all right. I've, I've been to all of these conferences. And she said, so what? And I I agreed. So yeah, I know. Are, yeah. You know what I'd quite like, actually, is if you could have, bring your own lanyards to, form, to con- conferences, because then, you know, down yeah. on wastage right, that yeah, sort of stuff I agree. yeah but that's... less branding opportunities yeah less... that's right but anyway we we digress we digress um, yeah so, so what... you were really busy this week with your you introduce it because i think it's a fabulous uh stream that you've been set up and running
0: i have a live stream and it's called the virtual indie booth and now this started back when nobody could go anywhere in lockdown what I found is that people were missing just discovering new games and there was nowhere to show them off because there was no shows on. So I started a live stream where I just play what I do. I play five games, five indie games and I play them for a hard 15 minutes each. That's all they get 15 minutes. So it's supposed to represent you going to a a show, going up to a little booth, playing a little game for 15 minutes and then moving on to the next game.
1: That's clever. That is clever. And it's a really interesting point as well. I remember chatting to, The team, it wasn't the developer, but it was Tunic at one of the shows where they actually had an open-ended demo with no defined end, which meant people were actually spending a long, long time. So it was a low turnover. Right. So in the follow-up demo, I think it was Tunic. I hope I'm not wrong, but the follow-up demo had a beginning and an end, and that was it. Move on, next player. So I think what you've done there is really clever.
0: Yeah. I mean, so what I do, I I actually host it with my friend, Paul, who I've been friends with for... 20 years or whatever um and it just adds so he commentates on the game he can if we have any multiplayer games we use parsec uh, to play them and i talk about parsec all the time on the stream what a brilliant piece of software that is if it's totally free it's just basically remote play so it just lets you connect to each other's pcs and you can he can take control of a uh, controller like he was here so we play um any multiplayer games together and then he just commentates on on the game and reads out all the text while I'm playing it and so it works out really well so what I do say is I say to the developers if you want me to show your game you have to be in the live chat of the stream so you don't have to talk but you have to watch the stream and answer any questions that me or Paul have or anybody else has about your game so that's kind of the trade off I'll play your game and then you bring your audience and then if all five developers bring their audiences then you're going to have exposure to four more audiences so yeah uh, in exchange for you having to show up Uh, it's really popular it's always really popular i've managed to do two shows so i've played 10 games um it was actually 11 in the end but 11 games in two streams
1: one extra just tagged on the end well it's because
0: i because i messed up the counting so i had to stick six on so that's
1: one two three (laughs) four yeah okay i'll stop
0: Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so that was really good. i played loads of games. If you want to, you can check out the replays because I, I do them all on YouTube now. I did do them on Twitch, but again, like I say, I'm sick of Twitch. So they're all on YouTube yeah. now. You can find them on my channel, Indie Game i I'll leave a link below if you want to watch them again. Um, and the next show is actually going to be this week. So it's so many games. It's, it's brilliant. It's a really Wh- good show. Which of those
1: were your highlights? Which ones did you think, yes, that needs to be shared?
0: Oh, man. Um, I've put
1: you on the spot. Apologies.
0: Yeah, uh, well, the, the latest game is there's a game, it's in Kickstarter now, it's called A Trail of Ooze. A Trail of Ooze. And nice. it's like a point and click mystery game and you play as a cow. Okay. And your farmer goes missing um, and, and it's just a point and click, beautifully animated, all, obviously all hand-drawn, it's like three developers scattered around Europe, Germany, Sweden and, and Ireland I think. Um, just a point-and-click game, and you're just discovering. But the, the amount of detail in the game is just incredible. Um, pictures on the wall, and you can click everything, and just it's just back to the old school, you know, Monkey Island. Yeah, there stuff. we go. Really, really nicely done. Really well done. Um, There's
1: been some really good point-and-click games recently. Yeah. yeah. We've touched on it here, the unpacking, which we spoke about. Uh, unpacking,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Which, actually, I had another playthrough again, and... There is a couple of scenes where now, having played it again, it's actually quite dark and it could be quite spoilery. (laughs) It could be quite spoilery. So there's a certain scene, do you remember, where they move in together and there's some of the things that are really important, evidently important to the character that you cannot hang on any wall apart from put things under the bed in the closet or in the toilet. Uh oh do you know what I'm talking about there?
0: No, I, I can't think of it in my head. But...
1: Oh, it's an educational-based thing whereby after you've done, let's say, a degree, you might get a certificate. And that's slightly spoilery, but you can't hang that certificate anywhere apart from one or two places. And it's oh. so jarring. Wow. I replayed it and thought, actually, this is this is quite dark at this level. This show is a relationship that is clearly not paying off or working or yeah. isn't going to work. I think. Either that or it was a really bad flat share. I'm, I'm not too sure.
0: <laughs> but,
1: but yeah. The,
0: so, yeah, I mean, it is interesting how much detail, you know, indie developers can get in, because I think sometimes you forget that it is, like, one or two people making these games, and they have a lot to consider. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, that's the the notion of of the gift of indie games, isn't it? Yeah. They can be the creative ways. Again, this is cliche, but they can do stuff that AAAs, at the moment, are unwilling or unable to do. Yeah. and. We, we can look at the big three at the moment going through all of their stuff that they're, they're going through. I don't think we're not going to touch upon it in this podcast. Other people have at length elsewhere, but I mean, it was one of the reasons as well. When I did pick up call of duty the other week, I thought, well, you know, it is what it is. And there's clearly awful things going on. Um, the credit to actually playing this game i i haven't really picked it up since if i'm honest with you so yeah. that's another thing i'll probably end up tr- trading very very quickly <laughs> but yeah big up the indies and all that
0: yeah i'm always impressed with on the indie booths how many the quality of the games we get is just incredible you know? mm. and this the problem is i can't buy them all because i can't buy 10 games a week um no. but yeah really impressed so yeah so check it's out.
1: always impressive as well the developers coming along to watch you play and see the chat because again it's it's very much like going to an event where they would stand next to you and see what's going on absolutely plus they have the added benefit of a wider audience yeah so i tell you what next time i maybe i can come and join you at some point we can have a a chat as well and maybe get a little absolutely. bit more of a wider audience. That would yeah, be
0: cool. no, that'd be very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And the, more, the more the merrier. And, I was saying, and it's just, just about sharing the uh, the exposure for games and just mm-hmm. discovering them. So yeah, that'd be cool. We'll do that. Brilliant. Uh, so that's what I did this week. So um, I've got another Again, I've got another one coming up Friday, so I'll be super busy.
1: Uh, what time's that, Friday?
0: Uh, I tend to do them 9 to 11 p.m. Yes, okay. UK time um, after the kids have gone to bed.
1: There we go. So you can shout and jump <laughs> around and stuff. Yeah.
0: So what else have you been playing? Sure. You played a few games.
1: So yeah, I've been playing Epic Chef um quite a bit, I'm racking up to I think uh, looking at my Steam page now it's seven seven and a half hours. So wow. I haven't gone too far into it, but I have really really enjoyed it. It's a slice of life farming, cooking game, oh. which, I mean it's it's from a team of independent developers, but. The narrative and the story and the dialogue is really strong. It's some of the best that I've seen in a long time. It takes a little while to get going. You you arrive on the island of Ambrosia, um, the the theme. There's, there's mythical themes there, Ambrosia obviously being the, the food of the gods from Greek mythology. It takes a while, as I said. It's slow at the start. But there's subtlety in the writing, and what I really enjoyed are the chef battles where... It's cook off. It's not quite your bake off sort of battles sort of thing, but you are going up against other chefs and other things that you have to cook and make recipes. And generally, yeah. Again, it's another one of these things that I wish I hadn't just had to now I have to say it's difficult to explain. Because if it's difficult to explain, should we be talking about it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, what, so what, is it like an RPG simulation
0: or something? It I'm is. Just,
1: yeah. It's an RPG simulation game. I did a live stream of it last week about this time last week and the reaction in the chat was really encouraging Mm -hmm. people were going hey it's a little bit slow and yet people loved the dialogue they loved the story and the way the main character is written and the facial expressions the way the graphics are done very very clever and the the background to it I think it could be one of those hidden gem games of the year and I've really got it earmarked as being something that I think won't get played too much But but it should be. It's published by Team17, so it's got a decent publisher behind
0: it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And here's hoping more and more people pick it up. Again, there's a a link to this down in the show notes. And I think I might put a link as well to the live stream that I did, just if anybody fancies seeing me playing this game uh, live, which I don't tend to do too often, although I am starting to do more and more live streams as I I really enjoy the interaction and just chatting away with the community.
0: And lack of editing.
1: (laughs) I couldn't... Possibly say, I, enjoy, I, I, I do enjoy a good edit here and there. I, do. I know your edit last week of the podcast that we did prior to this one was very difficult for various <laughs> yeah. reasons involving the bleeper button.
0: Yeah, I found the bleeper button on here. I've got one apparently.
1: You certainly do. You certainly made use of it. I'm surprised it didn't fall off. <laughs> but, uh, hey, that was a good podcast. It was. We had some feedback actually from that that some people thought it was a little bit too crass. For, for our general content. I think the chat was good, uh, but uh, Richard did a great job of evening out some of uh, the potty language here and there.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on to what I've played. So the other big game I played, and well, I've been playing Forza Horizon as well, a lot in between all this, really good. I really, really recommend it. It's really good. Back to the indies. Um, I-, I discovered a game. It doesn't happen very often, but I discovered a game that I completely missed when it came out i don't know how but it's called blossom tales that came out in 2017 yes it did look yeah i've, I've had a lot on all right this is uh yeah, been a busy couple of years have. Yeah, <laughs> so um now this is right up my alley so this is a the best way to explain this is a zelda as a classic zelda like it's a yeah. pixel art you know top down dungeon adventure zelda game
1: I remember this. I played it at the time. I haven't played it since, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts.
0: Well, it was I'll tell you what, it was so nice to sit and play because I've tried to play the Zeldas again going back and you know you have to play them via an emulation now to, to do it or if you want to sit and do it at the PC, but I just never get around to actually doing it on my PC and I just, I don't know why, I just never don't seem to be able to get to it. So to play this as a dedicated Properly designed game for a PC it was so nice. It was. It was, had absolutely everything. It was so nicely made. It was loads of like the story is told um, from uh, the perspective of two kids talking to their granddad, and they are basically the narrators. So you are playing the story that the granddad is making up.
1: Yes, I remember this. It's a fascinating way of of getting the story across. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the thing is, and, they can chuck a bit of humor in there as well because yeah, they're kids. it's
1: really. Charming, and you're right because they're children; they have a different take on the language and the way the story is told, and yeah. it's really, really charming.
0: Yeah, there's lots there's all the, everything you everything you would expect to be from a Zelda-like game is there. And one feature I thought was really, really cool was you get to a point where you enter a new level, and they're telling the story of like the grand grandpa saying, and then they came to a point and a creature jumped out at them. And the kids say, oh, what was it? And then you can choose in the conversation what creature jumps out. So, you, so for instance, it's like a, a – again, this is not really a spoiler. It's the first time you come to it. Um, you can choose between a, a golem or an archer. And then you get to pick on the conversation. And as soon as you click it, they appear. And that is your enemy now to fight. And I thought yeah, that's really, really clever, really, really nicely done.
1: Those boss battles and the whole – skirmishing it, you're right it's so zelda but it builds upon what zelda did yeah. and adds just that delicate twist it's it's a big game as well if i remember i think i did nearly 20 hours on it
0: yeah i think it is i think it is but but the reason why it probably cropped up is because there's actually blossom tales 2 coming out
1: no, i didn't know that that's new for me there you go breaking news
0: yeah it comes yeah. out in 2022 um so i'm going to try and get through Blossom Tales because i'm i'm loving it. it's so good like again i I should have been getting ready for work yesterday and I was just playing this for about four hours. Really loved it. So that is a uh, highly superb. recommended.
1: Now, I've just added, as we've been talking, that mm. Blossom Tales 2 to my most anticipated games of 2022. Oh! Though <laughs> that content's going to start rolling out come the first week of December over on the main Get Indie Gaming channel. So it's going to be a bumper month mm, absolutely. Of, of content. I've taken a long time away from doing sort of things, but now super motivated to keep...
0: Keep on going. So, yeah. yeah, bring on twenty twenty two. Absolutely. So we we gonna be we are planning on doing a game of the year episode. Correct. Because it's not just indies. It's it's funny because you are competing indies with triple A's. So it's a weird mix. So obviously, we are very indie bias, of course. Um. Yeah. So it'll be. I'm very fascinated to find out where the um, what the audience think of of any triple A's entering it, and we we're gonna get grief, Stuart.
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I think there's (laughs) enough separation from this and the main channels. I've got one AAA that I think will be in my top. Mm -hmm. And it would be obviously different to the game of the year for my indie channel. But I think we should roll that content out towards the end of the year. Because I'm already seeing game of the year content from somewhere. Having said that, I'm looking at what's coming out in December and I can see two games that I think could be contenders. Mm -hmm. But other than that... People would be safe to get stuff out now. I mean, come around the game, uh, the Game Awards, which is on December 9th, mm-hmm. You'll start to see stuff coming out of that. So
0: yeah, you, again, let's wait for Halo to come out before we start announcing your Game of the Year because uh, I think that's going to be a strong one for people, whether whether people like it or not. I think Halo is going to be right up there. So,
1: though so I've seen quite a lot of early reviews of the campaign, there's some good stuff coming out there, and it looks like they've gone back to what people really did love about the early yep. Halos, whereas Halo 5, I think, was a misstep for many. This yeah. visually looks great. And i tell you what, the AI looks amazing, particularly on the nightmare. I think it's nightmare or the, the hardest of difficulties. Yeah,
0: I think it's legendary. Is it legendary? Legendary,
1: that's the one. Yeah. And I, I saw some of the AI and it just, look, it. they've done such a good job. Yeah. So whilst I'm sceptical of Halo in terms of what it offers, <laughs> I will be playing it and I will put a good, probably 15, 20 hours in, before the end of the year yeah me too. so we what? can have a proper chat without me just potentially as somebody said the other week being a bit sneery about why i didn't like her.
0: <laughs> so if you'd like to contact the show then the best place is our website which is accesspoint.gg and there's a contact form on there like stuart said there's a bits of all the episodes are there some bios all sorts of stuff there so check that out um if you want to find Myself on Twitter, which is probably the main place, it is IndieGamiacs on Twitter um, and on YouTube. They're the, the main two places for me. And what about you, Stuart? Where's the best place people to yeah, find you? Yeah, you can
1: find me on the socials such as Twitter and YouTube as Get Indie Gaming. I'm on Instagram, although I have no posts, and somehow three or so hundred followers, but I'm not on Facebook. There is a get indie gaming on Facebook, (laughs) but it's not me and and they're using an old logo. So I really should shut that down at some point or, or at least try and reclaim it. But yeah. So, um, I guess that wraps up things rather nicely.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next week, see you later.